At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is VSIN, the sports betting network. This is the nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. Off and running here on the nightcap. It is the final night we can talk about draft betting that can be bet on in Vegas. By the time tomorrow night rolls around, you will not be able to bet in Vegas, but other jurisdictions you certainly can. That's Sean King, drafted 50th overall in 1999. Seems like yesterday. Yeah? Yeah. What are you doing? Right now, I two was days the, out. Uh... Are, you, are you talking I, to I was actually, talking to agents? I was looking at real estate in San Francisco. Really? I was convinced I was, I think they had like the 23rd, 24th pick. And I just was convinced that Bill Walsh was selecting me and I was going to San Francisco. I was first time being in California as a professional football player. Do you remember who the San Francisco 49ers Reggie McGrew, defensive tackle from Florida. (laughs) You don't forget these kind of things. I know. I've heard so many stories, Sean, of people's draft day memories. Yeah, you don't forget this stuff. And you knew exactly who... You know, players that were picked ahead of you. Um, so the first pick. Tim Couch. Three quarterbacks. Bing, bang, boom. Yeah, one, two, Couch, three. Couch, McNabb, Akili Smith. And I think uh, Edrin James went four. Ricky Williams went five. I think Torrey Holt, Champ Bailey. <laughs> those guys rounded out, you know, the, the top eight, Damn, I think. that's seven in a row. Yeah. The, um, Can you get the eighth? The linebacker from USC, I think. Oh, no. Mistaken. You he was nine, Chris Claiborne. This Chris is an, Claiborne. This is yep. impressive. Yeah. Number eight was the physical specimen from Ohio State, David Boston. Yeah, David Boston was in that draft. And, and I think you, Culpepper went like 10 or 11. 11. And then Cade McNown, I think, went 12. 12, right? Then I think the Bucks had like a 13th or 15th pick. They took Booger. Yeah, they took Booger. Yep. Oh, I remember that like yesterday. Oh, yeah. This is incredible. When Cade McNown went, I almost shot myself. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Like, hey. I didn't own any firearms then, but I might have been a danger to myself. I was like, ain't no way. What? So that was the one. That was the one that triggered you. Oh, yeah. That was, I was just, I was in the tank. So you were fully expecting. By the way, I didn't fully expect this. Memphis has cut the lead down to one, 99 and 98. But this is more entertaining to me. Yeah. Um, so you weren't surprised by everything that was going. You had to know Couch, McNabb, Achilles Smith were going probably pretty quickly. Yeah, I didn't think they were better than me, but oh, I yeah. figured they were going to go. So what is but, I'm always very curious because nowadays, especially mock drafts were around but not as prevalent as they are now. What's your agent saying to you? Do you call him up and you're like, hey man, this mock has me going not in the first round. What what's the deal? What are you hearing? I think the times are extremely different now than they were then. You know, there because you didn't have social media yeah. for the ninety nine draft. So you weren't bombarded with all of these mock drafts. I don't think I saw a mock draft 
leading up to the 99 draft. I just – I knew where I stood, at least in my mind, in the quarterback carousel. I knew the teams that needed quarterbacks. I knew the places I had visited. I thought they were smarter than they where actually ended visited? up being. Well, I forget exactly all the places. About 11, about 11 different teams I visited. Wow. You know, but I was convinced, you know, San Francisco, they had just signed – a uh, guy from the CFL named uh, Jeff Garcia. Yeah. And I think Drucker Miller might have still been on that team, if I'm not mistaken, but it was going to be a competition, they had told me, between myself and, and Jeff Garcia. I was fired up. I was ready to go. Well, you went to the playoffs year one and took over for Trent Dilfer when mm-hmm. he got hurt. He broke in, his collarbone. In Tampa Bay. Uh, San Francisco went 4-12 and that year. Yeah. So, hey, you ended up going to the better But, you know, spot. you always feel like if they drafted me, they're at least a 500 team. They started – well, they still had Steve Young. Really? Yeah. yeah. I don't remember that. Maybe he was a free agent or something and decided to come back. Jeff Garcia started thir- uh, 10 games that year. Okay. Steve Stenstrom okay. started a couple games, and Steve Young also uh, a couple games there. So, yeah, 1999, 50th overall. Feels like yesterday. Do you remember – who the pick in front of you was. No, I have zoned out by then. I wouldn't even watch the draft. <laughs> well, at least, I will say this. How, all right, how much worse would it have been if it was now, where it is Thursday, just the first round? When you were picked, it was picks. It was yeah. rounds one, two, and three, I think, right? On a Saturday Well, morning? I think all of them were on the same day back then. I think they were all Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. I think 99. they did one, two, three, and maybe four, five, six. I think seven. that came afterwards. Okay. Where they did, like, the first three and then four through seven. The second day, I think in 99, it was still all one day. So I had completely zoned out. Yeah, I had went outside. I had a house full of people. I just said, hey, man, if somebody call, holler at me. My, my mom comes running out. It's Tony Dungy. It's Tony Dungy. That's the only thing that saved my draft experience was that I ended up getting to play for the hometown team. I'm from St. Petersburg, Florida, and it all worked out. But, man, I'm telling you, I, I was ready to put the pause on some people on draft day. <laughs> And he couldn't get mad at Booger. Booger ended up being nah, pretty good, too. No, no, no. The Bucs weren't even – I didn't think the Bucs were taking a quarterback with that pick because Trent Dilfer right? was still the starting quarterback. And I want to say like a year or two before that, they had made the playoffs. I think they had beat Detroit in the wild card game. So I, I, I didn't assume that they were taking one in the first round because they actually coached us in the senior bowl. The, the Bucks, the Bucks staff. Oh. Yeah, they coached us in the senior bowl. So well, that makes sense. Yeah, and I knew they liked me a lot, but I didn't think they were going quarterback with their early, their first round pick. You know who was also picked in the second round? We brought it up. Our guy, John Jansen. He was picked yeah. in the second round. Yeah, that Michigan year. old tackle, big fella. Went to uh, went to Washington there and uh, started many years uh, for Washington. So yeah, a little walk down memory lane looking back at that. Who was the selection ahead of me? Uh, it was Joe Montgomery, running back. From Ohio State. Ohio State. Yeah, who picked him? Uh, that would be the New York football Giants. Yeah, they're still making bad decisions still to this day. <laughs> oh, man. It was a uh, it was a pretty rumor-filled day, and some odds have changed. We'll get to a lot of that here momentarily. Could there be a surprise at one? Is there someone that maybe you should just throw a couple bucks at and see what happens at number one? Uh, and then the movement at number three has been very interesting. Uh, some movement on the fringes. Another bet that your boy made, uh, which we have to let the people know about. Uh, just uh, just add it onto the list. But let's get you updated right now in the NBA as we speak. Minnesota and Memphis under three minutes to go. And uh, Memphis trying to claw back into this one. Only down three now with the ball, Sean. And uh, they trail 103 to 100. Carl Anthony Towns with a big block there. Uh, but this has been... Uh, 
It was a, a double-digit lead, and now Memphis has cut into it. And you know, I, I stopped room for Memphis when I saw what they were wearing tonight, <laughs> and I just like, this is ridiculous. Like, I mean, come on, guys. Well, they're all just wearing the same color tights. Yeah, it looks well, like. fluorescent. Yeah, they're wearing the yellow. Come on, yellow tights there at home. Yeah, this looks terrible. But offensive rebound, another miss, and three-point game still. Minnesota is uh, Minnesota struggling to put this one away. Uh, by the way, we were just on with Gil and Matt Brown on primetime action. They came back from break. If you haven't seen the John Morant dunk, oh, Lord, have mercy. Yeah, he does that nightly. Oh, man. He, boom. I mean, yeah. he, he looked like you know young Tim Murray. That's what I thought. I mean. He did. Eight-foot goals at the middle school right up the street. I bet you were a monster. <laughs> in our neighborhood, yeah. we do have uh, the like the eight foot. Yeah, at there. the middle schools. Oh, yeah, yeah. you want to get the kids confidence. I'm stealing them, throwing them down there. Yeah. You know, I have to go out there and show the little guy. A little I can bit. see Aaron right now, finger rolling in the layup line. <laughs> well, that was the best thing when you were like seventh grade and you could smack the backboard. Absolutely. Yeah, I was yeah, like, you you're thought like, you were somebody big bad. You smack the backboard. Like, yeah, you smack the backboard. I can smack the backboard. Right. Uh, Miami gets the win, so they have uh, finished off the Atlanta Hawks. No Jimmy Butler tonight. No problem even though it got a little hairy down there towards the end. And if you did take the points, uh, you were victorious as Atlanta does get the cover, but Miami gets the win 97-94 and under there. And depending on how this one closes, if we go to overtime, you're in trouble. But if it doesn't, you're looking pretty good with the total going well under as that was sitting at 231. Coming up in just a little bit, Sean. New Orleans at Phoenix. I have a series. Uh, you like New Orleans to win the series on New Orleans at plus two fifty five. So, I mean, you know where my allegiance lies tonight. I'm nervous about this game because if Phoenix wins, then Chris Paul is going to feel like he can take Game Six off and save his energy for Game Seven because that's basically what he's been doing. Is gives it everything one game, then kind of hopes his teammates carry him the next, and so he kind of took the last game off. Uh, so I'm expecting a big night from Chris Paul. I'm not sure what his uh, player props are. Uh, Chris Paul tonight, 20 and a half. Yeah, I'd probably points, take the over. On, 12 and a half yeah, assists. I'd take the over on the Chris Paul props. I expect After him, just four points. Yeah, I expect him to, to be volume tonight. So if he's making the shots, he flies over. Even if he's not, I think uh, after what Monty Williams said in the post-game press conference about disparity in free throws, mm. I presume that Chris Paul will be real aggressive early going to the hole and probably get some calls. So I expect if they have a prop on free throw attempts, I would take Chris Paul over if you can find that prop. Not sure exactly if they have it or what it would be, but I wouldn't be surprised if he shoots 17-plus free throws tonight. That's a good look. Yeah. On that one. So Chris Paul over 20-and-a-half yeah. after just – Four points, Jose Alvarado was uh, was the bane of his existence there. So that game coming up very shortly. Uh, the total or the point spread now ticking down just a little bit at some spots. Six, six and a half, some sixes uh, at DraftKings and some offshore sixes. Mostly six and a halfs here in town. Uh, here at Circa, it's at six and a half. Memphis trying to take the lead, and they have with a three. 107-106, Ja Morant. With a minute to go after a tip out, and the FedEx Forum is going bonkers as they have regained the lead, Sean. By the way, uh, the point spread in this seven in favor. Yeah, and the total, I think, was what, 220? 231. 
Yeah, people are praying for no overtime no. if you have the under. No overtime there. So Memphis has just taken the lead, 107 to 106. Minnesota will have the ball in the closing minute. We'll discuss that on the other side. Also, who will go number three? Will it be a surprise? There was some reporting out there and some shifting in the odds. We'll discuss that next. That's Sean King. I'm Tim Murray. It's the Nightcap here on Visa. Are you ready for a fresh start? And we mean a real fresh start with lasting change. Take the Zen 10 challenge and switch up the way you've been looking. You've been enjoying nicotine available in a variety of tastes and strengths. Zen nicotine pouches are smoke free and spit free. Try Zen nicotine pouches for 10 days or your money back. Your fresh start is here. Take the Zen 10 challenge today at Zen.com slash 10. That's ZYN.com slash 10. Zen nicotine pouches are only for adults 21 and over who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Warning, this product does contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. What a finish we are witnessing in Memphis right now. The Grizzlies now with a three-point lead, 109 to 106. So it will be Minnesota ball after a couple free throws were just made by John Morant. 8.2 seconds to go, and this would be pretty... I think this will be backbreaking for Minnesota. Uh, they just let this game slip from their fingertips. Had a double-digit lead did. in this quarter and uh, unable to uh, unable to hold on. We'll see if they're able to hit a three and force overtime. Be- under betters are begging, no, 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 don't let that happen. Uh, I'm just stating what what they're hoping for. 109, 106 total pre-flop 231, and this number closed depending on where you looked seven or six and a half. Uh, so a little bit of uh, movement in favor of Minnesota, at least here at Circa, closing at six and a half. Once again, coming up in uh, in about uh, shortly uh, will be Phoenix and New Orleans. Three-pointer on the way. It's good. Oh, boy. Oh, the total. Oh, boy. It's in jeopardy. 109-109. Corner three. Minnesota has just tied this up. Anthony Edwards, what a play. As they bounce it to Anthony Edwards, they give him a little ski- screen on John ja Morant. Now 3.7 seconds to go, Sean. What do you do? What a game. This has been tremendous. What a game. If you have the over, you're hoping for no points. If you have, if you have the under, I mean, John ja Morant has to be like at the top of your like Christmas list if he comes down and hits a shot to win it. But I'm just telling you, if Anthony Edwards really commits himself to continuing to develop his game. I mean, we're looking at a generational talent. I mean, the athleticism, the physicality, the mentality, like he's a superstar. If he just keeps getting better with his handle, with his jump shot, continues to, to become a better passer, I mean, we could be looking at a guy that's going to turn into somebody that we look back 10 years from now as in the same conversation as Kobe and LeBron and D. Wade because he has that kind of ability. I don't disagree at all. I think he's got to, yeah, like you said, he's got to clean up on some things. Like, you know, coming down, they're up. Uh, I think they were up one. They get a turnover. Carl Anthony Towns dribbles it away, and he tries to throw an alley-oop. Mm-hmm. Now, they got the ball back and ultimately were fouled. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he's still young, and he is uh, he is an exciting player, man. And uh, I think he was at Murray State just a couple years ago. 
uh, is is pretty hard to believe. But he's nearing a triple-double. 3.7 seconds to go here in Memphis. 109-109. And once again, under betters. You're hoping for a bucket here. Yes, you are. Overtime would be uh, the death of your ticket, more than likely. As they get it to Ja. Woo! And there you go. There you have it. How does Ja get the ball at the free throw line without a double team? Wow. And they don't have a That's unbelievable. Ball game. Ball game. Memphis. Buckets. Memphis, 111-109. And your prayers were answered under betters because it comes home. No underdog is where, or overtime is where the dog goes to die. Both dogs have covered tonight. Huh? But both favorites have won. And now Memphis will head back to Minnesota up three games. Like, how does this Let's happen? Play. Like, how does he get the Anthony oh. Edwards yeah, again, went for a steal. That's what we were talking about. Like, you can't go for that steal, Edwards, unless you're sure you can get it. Because yeah. now Jaw has the ball at the free throw line with yeah, space. He's you know he's scoring. Yeah, like, oh, my goodness. What a breakdown. But that's what I mean by Anthony Edwards. If he really commits to the comprehensive improvement approach, meaning becoming a student of the game, really investing into mentally making the right basketball decisions and continuing the physical, you know, path that he's on. I mean, he's going to be transcendent, but that's just a terrible decision on defense. I mean, that is awful. That was, uh, that was a young player. Trying to make uh trying to make a big play. Anthony Edwards went from I don't want to call him GOAT, but he was the hero. He just hit the three shot. He was. He, he was makes the mistake. Hey, and as we keep moving, New Orleans and Phoenix has tipped off. It's tied at four four. Two two in this series. So what do they go? One one one. So yep. one game in Phoenix. When if the Pelicans can figure out how to win it and have a chance at home. Ooh, this would be one of the biggest upsets in NBA history. Now, I'd have an asterisk on it because of the Devin Booker in- injury, but this would be big. when Booker initially was injured, not a lot of people jumped off of the Suns. They still thought that the Suns could get this done, but I said that I thought Booker was a way more significant loss than Chris Paul just because of his ability to score the basketball. Yeah, uh, and uh, we will see. Uh, right now, 6-4 to four early start. DeAndre Ayton, all six of the Suns' early points here. So uh, a good start if you went ahead and played over DeAndre Ayton. Uh, but we will see. Uh, this These games have been you know back and forth. And I think a Pelicans team, by the way, Sean, the Marlins just won. So go ahead and cash your uh, parlay there. So Big Stick Adamus is starting oh, off Lord. with a bang. Boom, 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 boom. That was four booms because... Marlins brought home a 14 baseball parlay today for Big Stick Adamas. Stop. Uh, we had the Brewers, the Padres, the Braves, and the Marlins. And normally when I do this, Tim, I always back it up with a 20% one line parlay, uh-huh. and I didn't do it, and they all won by more than t- one run. Yep. I left, I left a bunch of money on the table, but we'll take it. Good way to start the week. And, uh, and my Nats just lost again, Sean. Yeah, I'm going to fade the Nats. Oh, it's, it's almost like you should listen to your partner sometimes. I do listen to you. I just can't let you get all big-headed and, and peacock on me. So, like, I, well, I make you feel like I, I only listen sometimes. I told you. But I always listen to I you. I told you I had one yeah. preseason baseball bet. We got a long ways to go. I didn't say you were wrong. Well, you got, you got all. I didn't say you're, you're, yeah, you're betting against your team. I didn't say your evaluation was wrong. I said your energy wasn't representative of someone Look, that is a these, Nationals fan. No, one of these days, Sean. Mm-hmm. 
the Rays will win your World Series, and then you'll be able to, uh, you know, understand the rebuilding process. So when the Nationals, you know, won the World Series, remember that a yeah. couple of years ago, they yeah. won the World Series. They got to do a parade in Washington D.C. and you know, I'm worried about my Rays. We got to, uh, I got to spray champagne in a bar and. Bethesda, Maryland that night celebrating with my fellow Nationals fans. When that day ever happens, probably won't. If that day ever happens, then you can understand the rebuild process. So you do know I came to Las Vegas from Champa Bay, right? Did Where the, we... Have, well, have the Rays... Have you, no, enjoyed, no, no. have you enjoyed a World Series? No, I have not. Oh, okay. But we were the defending Super Bowl champs, and we had one back-to-back Stanley Cups. Okay. So, like, we, we're pretty... We got a Stanley Cup. Yeah, too. we're pretty experienced at the, the parade deal. Not with the baseball team. Yeah, we're still working on it. All right. Uh, we're going to talk to Sam Munson from Pro Football Focus here in just a little bit. Quick update. Phoenix up early, 12-8. to 8. I think Paul has four already. All right. We're keeping an eye on Chris Paul. That was a recommendation from uh, what Hoopadamas now. Just, just give yourself a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys hit me up on Twitter. I got to come up with a baseball nickname. Aiden, I don't really like... Aiden is just yeah. trying to rip off the rim tonight. I don't like Big Stick Adamas. We got to come up with something else. So... A lot of usually here we are, Sean. We're you know what, forty eight hours out yeah. in the NFL draft, and no one knows anything. People just guessing. No one knows anything, and it has been reporting all over the place. So yesterday, the reports were Aiden Hutchinson wasn't out, but it seemed unlikely. It felt like I mean the betting market shifted to Trayvon Walker, but then there was this thought: Could Ikki Aquanu go one? And Per reporting out there, Doug Peterson, a Super Bowl-winning head coach, now the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, wants Ikki Aquanu. I can understand it. Trent Baalke, the general manager, wants Trayvon Walker. Now, also reportedly, Shad Khan, the owner, likes Aiden Hutchinson. Shad hadn't proven to be like a meddlesome owner so far. Agreed. Yeah. He did like Urban Meyer, and maybe after that blew up in his face, maybe he takes a step yeah, back. He was trying to sell tickets. Yeah. So, yeah. Iki Aquanu, you love him, but you love Trayvon Walker. Yeah. And if you were Trent Balky and had the decision, you would go Trent, uh, Trayvon I go Walker. Trayvon Walker simply because of the Brandon Scherf acquisition of free agency. So, because you already have a left tackle in Cam Robinson, who you just franchised, and you added Brandon Scherf, I feel I would feel like Trayvon Walker, the defense needs him more. But if if you decide, okay, we're going to make everything as comfortable as possible for Trevor Lawrence and we're going to go Icky Aquanu, I'm, I wouldn't be upset with that. Like, I wouldn't sit there and talk Doug Peterson out of it because I think Aquanu's a transcendent generational talent. And will he develop into a transcendent generational offensive lineman? We'll find it out. But the talent is there. There was a lot of movement in the number three pick market. We'll get to that a little bit later on. But Sam Munson, he's got some thoughts on who should go number one. We'll discuss that with him next right here on the Nightcap. The VEASAN betting experts have put together everything you need to bet on the draft this week. The VEASAN NFL Draft Betting Guide has mock drafts, analysis for every NFL team, odds, and best bets for the first round. Get the VEASAN NFL Draft Betting Guide today for only 10 bucks at thevisan.com slash draft. 
Under four minutes to go in the first quarter, 21 to 18 in Phoenix. The Suns with a three-point lead. Chris Paul, six points already. DeAndre Ayton, eight. Brandon Ingram has seven. So good start for the uh, former Dukey there as uh, Chris Paul takes a charge alongside Super Bowl champ, 50th overall pick in 1999, Sean King. I am Tim Murray. And to talk more NFL draft, let's bring in Sam Munson from Pro Football Focus. Always love getting his analysis. You can follow him on Twitter at PFF underscore Sam. Uh, PFF, of course, has got great coverage heading up to the NFL draft, and we'll have coverage all through the draft as well. Uh, Sam, let's start with the betting favorite to go number one in Trayvon Walker. And uh, it's going to be interesting to hear you guys go back and forth because, Sam, you have a differing opinion. You think this is probably a reach for the Jaguars. So when you look at the likelihood of Trayvon Walker going one, which once again is the odds-on favorite right now at sportsbooks, uh, you don't agree with this move if this is the way the Jaguars go. No, I, I think with Trayvon Walker, with his athletic profile and, and the fact that the Georgia defense didn't put him in the same situation to succeed as, as the other edge rushers in this draft, I think you can construct an argument to put him above a lot of guys in this draft and you know above a lot of edge rushers that have performed better than he has in college. So I would have no problem with an argument to put him above guys like Jermaine Johnson and George Karloftis maybe Kayvon Thibodeau, but I don't think you can construct the same argument to put him above Aiden Hutchinson, who is almost as athletic. Like Aiden Hutchinson's athletic profile is almost as good as um, Trayvon Walker's. The only real difference is arm length. Um, But to counter that, Aiden Hutchinson has been dramatically more productive as a pass rusher at the college level And the bottom line, when you're looking at the things that translate to the NFL, you kind of need both. You need to be athletic and you need to have college production. The guys that are missing one of those things are, are just less safe. They're less likely to pan out. It's not that there aren't outliers, but you really shouldn't be, you know, betting on a big outlier at number one overall, particularly when you don't have to like this situation. What's interesting, Sam, is, and I would get your uh, uh, response to this, is isn't Hutchinson's 21 season an outlier? I mean, he had 14 sacks in one year, but only 18 and a half total. So in other three years, he only had four and a half combined. So this 21 year where David Ojobi kind of came from nowhere, a guy that was playing basketball that, that got into football late, you know, dictated that he got a lot of singles. Not saying he's a bad player, but isn't this one season kind of an outlier for him? Yeah, and obviously you would always want more than one season of production. You know, if you have a guy with a a multiple-year track record of production that's ideal, the next best thing is that one year. If you've at least seen him do it for that one season, particularly if it's the most recent one you saw, that's still better than nothing. Like the problem with um, Trayvon Walker is we haven't seen any seasons of production. Uh, Trayvon Walker had like six sacks in his college career, and – even if you look beyond the sacks, there have been players that have been drafted high, that have been productive NFL players that haven't had good sack numbers, but they've typically had a lot of pressure. You know, when you look at the pass rush win rate or just how much they actually pressure the quarterback, there's been something there. Trayvon Walker has almost no pass rushing productivity whatsoever. And it isn't all his fault. There's definitely a degree of truth to the idea that Georgia asked him to defend the run first 
that a lot of the time he was, you know, contain rushing on the edge. He wasn't necessarily pinning his ears back, trying to get around the tackle and make plays on the quarterback. But there are plays where that was happening and he wasn't productive. The, the bottom line being that, yeah, you can, you can poke holes in Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau or anybody else you want to take at the top of this draft. It isn't the strongest draft in the world at the very top in those top 10, but it's difficult to conclude that, you know, the answer to uh, dismiss or the answer to uh, a weak, a weakness in the case of somebody like Aiden Hutchinson is Trayvon Walker. So Sam, let me give you a Trayvon Walker argument uh, right quick. Uh, He had nine sacks in his career at, Georgia. So in the three previous years, Aiden had one and a half more than him. He had six this year, but that was tied for second on Georgia's defense. So they had five guys that had five or more, and they're probably going to have 14 players off of what's definitely Kirby Smart's best team ever. Like, for instance, the leading tackler for this defense had 73 tackles. That's Lewis Seen. There are 54 guys in college football that had 100 or more. Their leading tackler would have ranked 221st in college football and tackles. And I'm just bringing this up because sometimes I think when the defense has so much talent at so many different positions, it kind of evens out. Like, they had five guys that had five or more, and Trayvon was second with six. Only, I think, Robert Beal had six and a half. So if I push back and say that's why you didn't see the the individual spike you know, to the level of, of some of these other guys, does that context now matter? And lastly... I think when I put the film on, they're not the same athlete. Uh, Hutchinson doesn't drop in the coverage like Trayvon Walker. I don't see him guarding slot guys and making a tackle and changing direction and deflecting balls and getting interceptions. What would you say to that? Yeah, the the couple of points there. The first one is that um, you're right. The, the George defense was absolutely freaking loaded. And not only are they great players, but they're, they appear to have all been insane athletes as well. But the problem with that argument is it didn't affect any of the other guys, right? Like Devontae Wyatt had an incredible amount of production. His pass rush win rate was fantastic. Generally speaking, when you're looking at kind of PFF's grading and how we um, grade pressures and, and look at how players are winning one-on-one blocks, the fact that somebody else got there at the same time isn't really going to affect your one-on-one matchup. It, it's most of the time – if you're going to win your rep, you're going to do it within the amount of time that somebody else is doing it. Um, even if they're getting to the quarterback first, you've made an impact on the play somewhere in that time frame. Um, and it, it happens for all those other guys in the defense, whether it's Devontae Wyatt, Jalen Carter, the guy that's going to come out next year and might be the best of the entire group. Yeah, really all these good. guys, oh, yeah, all these guys were able to, you know, maintain really good numbers. It's only. Um, Trayvon Walker that didn't. So he is an outlier even with um, even in that defense in terms of lack of production. The other point, though, is an interesting one where you, you, you're right. He his Some of his best plays are in coverage. And that is, A, it's really weird for a guy that's 270 pounds. To be able to move um, like that. But, yeah, it is. But it's also, it's probably not a great thing to be saying about a, an edge rusher that you want to take number one overall, right? If we're sort of saying the best plays this guy makes are when he drops into coverage and, you know, breaks up a pass or deflects it at the line and covers a guy in the slot, these are really good things to be able to do. But if that's the first thing you're telling me, it raises some questions about, well, where are the, where are the impact pass rush plays? Because that's what I'm 
drafting when I'm taking a guy number one overall. If he can drop into coverage uh, over the course of the season, that's great. But, you know, think about the difference between T.J. Watt and Miles Garrett, right? T.J. Watt drops into coverage a little bit, but it happens like 60 times in the season. It's not really the difference between those two guys. Talk once again to Sam Munson, Pro Football Focus, uh, lead NFL analyst. Sam, we got about two minutes. Curious your thoughts on Iki Aquanu. There are some rumors out there uh, that maybe he could go number one. There might be a discussion going on. Peterson likes Iki Aquanu, and Trent Balky uh, likes Trayvon Walker. How do you guys look at uh, Iki Aquanu, and uh, would you go that route over Trayvon Walker at one? If it was me making the pick, I would do whatever I thought was best for Trevor Lawrence because he is the most important guy in that entire building uh, going forward. They obviously drafted him at the top of last year's draft. He was supposed to be this generational talented quarterback. We didn't really see that in his rookie year, almost at all. And that's, that's pretty concerning for a guy that had that kind of billing. So I want to surround him with receivers. I want to make sure that his pass protection is as good as it can be. And we will deal with defense down the line. But if they can move the needle on either of those things, whether it's uh, his receiving core or his pass protection, I would absolutely do that first and foremost. And all three of those tackles, um, Evan Neal, Charles Cross, Iki Aquano, they should all be in that discussion for number one overall. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think all three are probably gone by six. Uh, but we will uh, we will see. Hey, Good Sam, stuff, Sam. As always, man, we appreciate it and uh, enjoy the draft. Thanks, guys. You too. Take it easy. There he is, Sam Munson from Pro Football Focus. Follow him on Twitter at pff underscore Sam. They're gonna get a good player, whoever they take at one. We'll talk about that. Also, talk about the latest rumors at number three, and then also who could be going number four. A lot of things circulating out. You had to tweak your mock drafts or tweak your bets. What would you do? We'll talk about all of those on the other side. It's the nightcap here on VC. This is the nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. Answer the call of cash with DraftKings Connect to Victory Challenge, sponsored by Verizon. Play for free in this nine-part prediction pool series and take your shot at grabbing a share of $45,000 in cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Verizon. Now to join the action, Verizon, America's most reliable 5G network. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. It is a nightcap here on VEASAN. Trying to find. I've got so many tabs up, Sean, of different things. I was like, oh, I want to read this. Make sure we get to this. What's a tab? Uh, on my computer. Oh. Yeah, different, different. I don't know what that is. Different websites. You're very technologically savvy there. Mr. No, I'm not. I still have an Android. Like, my friends talk so much trash because <laughs> I have an Android. Like, I feel like <laughs> I got like a rotary phone or something. You got to like dial the number. I think I come all the way back. Uh, I do want to. Uh, you can always tweet the show at one Tim Murray at Real Sean King. <laughs> <laughs> I he, did not. He's, de- he's... I did not delete my Twitter. Okay. <laughs> I did a radio interview oh my today, gosh. and uh, before. 
the host was going to ask me, his co-host, who uh, who I believe you knew from uh, uh, Rita yeah. um, uh, from back in the day uh, in Baltimore, <laughs> he was going to ask me about that, and she was like, no, not Sean King, the football player. Oh he was like, gosh. oh, I got it. So you can still tweet this Sean King, at real Sean King. By the way, if you guys uh, <laughs> interact with that guy, uh, first of all, somebody DM me and tell me, how do I get the at Sean King handle? <laughs> you trying to get it? Because I came on the Twitter after him, so yeah. he already had at Sean King, but his actual name, his first name is Jeffrey. So I think he... But do you want that? Because then you might get other Oh, yeah. Tweets. He's got, like, way more followers than me, like... <laughs> Uh, if I can, well, if I can assume his followers, if I get the, uh, they're gonna, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna guess their his followers are gonna be like, what are you, what are you tweeting about, yeah. Huckstradamus? How does he miss that? By the way, the Knights are in a, I mean, must win situation, and well, they were in a must win. They are laying an egg. Ooh, were, How'd you miss that, Carlson? Well, the Knights were in a must win situation on, but like Sunday. this is like the absolute, like it's too. If they lose to Dallas, they're out of the playoffs. If they beat true. Dallas, they have to have a little help, but they still have a shot. So, like, Carlson's got a wide-open net. What is he doing? How have you not put the Knights in the red tape yet? Yellow tape. Yellow tape. Yeah, well, there is no red tape. But they should be in red tape. No, nobody goes in the red tape because everybody's able at some point to win you money. <laughs> the red tape is death. That's like it's over, <laughs> done with, kaput. We're at the cemetery, the casket's in the ground. Uh, but you could always tweet us, as mentioned. Uh, Sean's oh, still gosh, on Twitter. What could go wrong here? Oh, they got a two-on-one. Woo! Timmy K on Twitter said, there is no way you could get real Sean King big stick Tradamus on a <laughs> Disney Mouse ears hat. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. Because the story... Uh, a good tweet, Timmy. <laughs> the, the story goes, when I went to Disneyland... And I bought Sean a. You bought little Sean. Customized. Right. A custom. No, I bought you. You have a ginormous head, and also, adults don't wear Mickey ears. But it was the gesture that counts. It should be on your, you know, mantle at home. But I bought him one that said Puckstradamus, and the woman who does. You bought little Sean a hat, okay? The one who does the inscription on. Come on, come on, Vegas. You're right there. Jesus. Okay, I'm listening to you. Sorry. She. uh, She was like, "What does that mean?" Like, ah, it's a nickname. She's like, is it a band? I'm like, no, it's just a nickname for my colleague. She's like, all right, I'll do it. You can't wear it in the uh, in the park. Oh, she thought it might have been something she like. She was like, she oh. was like, is this some slang that oh, I'm not gosh. aware of? I was like, no, it's about hockey. Like, First of all, it's none of her business. There's a, people well, blow it, me. No, it's, it's not. It's Disney World. Puckstradamus. Disneyland. I don't know. Puck, P-U-C-K. I understand. Come on. Nostradamus, Puckstradamus. I, I get it. Yeah. But she what did What kind of world do we live in? But she did it. Uh, by the way, all right, so we've got Phoenix up 36-24 over New Orleans, uh, nine and a half minutes to go. Is this the time to uh, look in-game on the Pelicans? Uh, no. By the way, your guy Chris Paul, as you called, yes, on his way there as he now has, I believe, 14 points. Yeah, and his total was 20. This was free money. Great call. Boy, I'll be glad when DraftKings is available in Nevada. <laughs> you could have bet, I think, at stations, too. Uh, you couldn't get player props. I looked here at Circa last minute. I was like, ooh, give me a player prop. Couldn't get it. But hopefully some people were listening and took over 20 and a half on, uh, on your recommendation. So 38-26, under nine minutes to go. Phoenix leading by 12 over I'm here to do. the New Orleans Pelicans. We're men of the people. We are. Yeah. We're one with the people. We gave out free money, barring injury, because he has 14 with eight minutes left in the second quarter. 
His total was what, 20 gonna, and a half? I'm not going to count any chickens. Until, oh, he's over that number. No, 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 yeah. until the draft happens. But I think there were some free money opportunities out there, too, on some bets that we gave out. But oh yeah, that's in the past. we got to live in the present. And there's been a lot of movement today about who will go three, who will go four. Three right now currently owned by Houston, four owned by the New York Jets. And your favorite, Sean. To go number three, Derek Stingley Jr. I mentioned this last week. Now, that's some, this isn't something I bet. I just mentioned it. You know, you're, I, I try to do as much as possible listening to different people out there. Len Zerlime, NFL.com, based in Houston, said last week on his podcast that Derek Stingley Jr. was loved by the Houston coaching staff. And now we've had NFL Network come out and say this. Uh, this is from Evan Silva of EstablishTheRun.com. He will be on the show tomorrow. Said, by all accounts, Stingley is one of, if not the hottest players in the draft after he checked every box during the pre-draft phase. The top corner of the country as a true freshman in 2019. Stingley appeared in only 10 games over the past two years due to an illness and injuries. But the Texans, this is from Evan Silva, Absolutely love Stingley, even enough to potentially trade up from 13 to 6, assuming they don't take Stingley at number three. Bro, this is this is the most ridiculous comparison that I've ever been a part of leading up to a draft. And I think Derek Stingley is going to be a really good pro. He's not in the same ballpark. Not in the same ballpark, Tim. He's shorter, has shorter arms has more years of no productivity on an elite level. Gardner has years of productivity. How about this? Sauce Gardner didn't give up a touchdown in four years at Cincinnati. Last time I saw uh, Derek Stingley against Devontae Smith, he hit him for 200. If you go look at the Alabama game, and it's not apples to apples because um, – Kobe Bryant? No, uh, who's the uh, the Alabama OC, the old uh, Texans coach? Bill O'Brien. Bill, yeah. Bill O'Brien did a good job of moving Jamison Williams around in that game. But when Sauce Gardner was on Jamison Williams, and I, you know what I think of Jamison Williams, yeah. go look at those matchups. Like, this is like the teams talk themselves into doing things that I just don't think make any Do your sense. Your guy Lovey? Why would Lovey? I, like reportedly. I said, teams talk themselves. There's a reason Lovey's been fired a couple times. <laughs> His teams talk themselves into doing things that just don't make any sense. <laughs> Sauce Gardner's never been injured. He's a bigger, better version of Derek Stingley with more elite production on film in college. And listen, Stingley's freshman year, he was phenomenal. But the last time he went up against an elite receiver, Devontae Smith, go and look at that game and watch what Smith did to him. So another uh, NFL insider, Albert Breer, tweeted this. Corners keep coming up with Houston. On Monday... We mentioned how the Texans have been had been said to be high on Derek Stingley Jr. in NFL circles. You can throw Cincinnati Sauce Gardner in that mix too. Thing is, I'm not sure they'd take either at number three, but and both will almost certainly be gone at three, or maybe because of that, they would take one at three. Yeah, I mean Houston, unless they're trading back in, Sean. Yeah, you're not getting one of those guys at 13. Both yeah. of those guys are gone. I think by seven. Yeah. If Sauce Gardner went one to Jacksonville, I wouldn't blink an eye. I think he's that good. So here's the other interesting factoid. So we've got Trayvon Walker now the favorite to go one. We've got 
Aiden Hutchinson, the favorite to go to. Derek Stingley, not odds on, but he is now the favorite to go to the Houston at three. The Jets at four. A lot of people just assume, Sean, that Makai Becton, okay, well, he's he's going there. There are reports now that Makai Becton may never play a game again for the Jets. And I think Ike Aquanu, if he's available at four, goes to the Jets. Yeah, this is why I didn't make any bets in this draft. This thing has changed so much. I'm pulling for you, man. I can't wait to just see you cash those tickets. I hope so. And peacock down the aisle. Well, we'll see. I mean, crazy things could happen. If if Ike Aquanu goes one, I have a ticket on that, but I wouldn't I wouldn't assume it'd be cash. It it will get very interesting. And I can't tell you goes third until you figure out who goes first and second. If you I mean, what if Hutchinson is sitting there at three? And Houston and their whole deal with JJ Watt, not that I think he's the same caliber of prospect as J.J. Watt, but I mean, J.J. Watt was a face of the organization. Yep. If, what if Hutchinson's sitting there at three? I just can't imagine Aiden Hutchinson being passed over by Detroit. I can't. Quanu one, Walker two. Gonna be wild. Gonna be wild. Gonna be wild.